Brooklyn in here tonight. Hey, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Brooklyn's Finest, and you're now tuned in to Talk Yo-Ish Podcast. Welcome, guys. It is Thursday, June 15th. I cannot believe we are six months into the year. It is like, where the hell did the time go? But here we are. I hope you all prayed up, highly favored, highly blessed. I hope that your family is well. The head of your household as well. Your parents are well. Your grandparents are well. The aunties and uncles are well. The children are well. Your finances are well. Your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit is well. <coughs> Excuse me. I hope that everything that you manifested this morning and every day before that is now coming into full circle. It's very important to manifest. Let me explain that thoroughly so we all understand manifestation is just not the you hearing your voice talk manifestation is just not saying it in order to manifest what you desire you have to say it you have to mean it you have to feel it you have to see yourself in the moment of it so you can't just say oh i want this big house you gotta see yourself in that house you can't say oh i want this car you gotta See yourself driving this car. People say, oh, don't manifest things that you know you can't attain. Let me tell you something. Anything is possible. Anything is anything can happen to change your life in a blink of an eye. You could go one day and, and play cash for you never play cash for, but do a straight box and win $30,000. That might not be much to some people, but to people that don't got it, Ain't never seen that type of money. It's the world to them. So don't never let nobody tell you what you cannot obtain. Okay? So this is why it's so important to manifest. And this is why I'm always constantly saying the things that I say to you guys, praying for your finances, for your mind, your body, your soul, your spirit. Because when someone else is praying for you, baby, you special. You know what? When people pray for you, I want y'all to hear this. When people pray for you, and you don't even know, you're special. People don't got to pray for you. But when we make the choice and decision to pray for the healing of the world, because there's so many evil and wicked people out here, you special, honey. I pray for me. I pray for the people I love. I pray for the world every day. When I see people, I always wish the best for people. I don't wish the worst on th- Even when people wish bad things for me, I just don't. All right, so we're going to move on. But I'm glad y'all got that little five-minute prayer that I just said. Okay, amen. All right. Uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media. Follow Talkish Radio, and that is T-A-L-K-I-S-H-H-H Radio. Follow the podcast, Talk Yo-ish Podcast, and that is T-A-L-K-Y-O-I-S-H-H-H Podcast. Somebody asked me one day, Brooklyn, why do you always spell it every time you say it? Because everybody don't understand. Some people are very dyslexic. <laughs> you say talk ish radio they'll just say t-a-l-k-i-s-h radio no okay I, I i spelt it differently for certain reasons so i spell it out for some people because people are listening from different parts of the country so it may not be in english 
that they understand. But if I spell it, they may understand it. You know, so it's just being common courtesy to other people that are tuning in. Okay. Um, make sure you follow me, your girl, Brooklyn's finest at Brooklyn's with a S B R O O K L Y N S F I N E S T three, four, seven. And that is Brooklyn's finest three, four, seven. And make sure you follow my guy, the most electric, fine, electric, fine, electric, fine, electric, fine, electric, no, I always do this. Y'all know what I'm trying to say. The most electrifying man in, in entertainment. If not, then who? DJ Hercules. Make sure you follow him on the gram at DJ Hercules underscore 787. And I know Hercules has not been in the studio, guys, for the last couple of weeks. He has actually been out on tour doing different projects. So it's been hard for him to actually stop through or, you know, you know, show us some love. But he will be back in July full throttle body he'll still be in and out but he'll be a little bit more accessible in july so uh i think after august he is going on full tour um him and cl smooth and i think they're going in the end of august september and october they'll be going so he will be physically on the road for about three months anyway moving on uh so make sure that you follow us all on social media okay uh make sure that you go um and download the iHeartRadio app. Now we are on 17 different platforms. Top five is iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Spotify, TuneIn, and Pandora. You can go to any of those apps, go to your search option, type in Tokyo-ish podcast, and that is four words, Tokyo-ish podcast. Um, look for the cartoon character of my beautiful self and my girl get my gold grills because I get gully every now and then. And tune in. Tune into today's show. Uh, the previous shows, you know, we go back, we go back to 2020. So let's don't, don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Don't play with it. Okay. All right, guys, today we talking a little different today. So somebody sent me a video of a really, really serious topic that I kind of want your guy, you guys opinion on. So after I talk about this story and everything else at the end, I want you guys to send me an email um, and respond to what you think should have been done or could it have been done differently. All right. So let me try to break it down without going through the whole storyline. So I'm going to give you the, the short version of it. A man and a woman are married. The man raises this woman's child because it's not his. He raises this woman's child since she's a little girl. He raises this little girl into a grown woman. He pays for college. He's for every event every doctor's appointment, dentist's appointment. He is just full throttle step daddy, full daddy mode, okay? He pays for college, which is about $40,000. Um, she then, he buys her her first car. She then goes off and decides that she gets engaged to get married. So he now goes doing daddy mode because this is his baby girl. Like, we not doing that. We got to, we got to go all out for baby girl. He goes, pays for the whole entire wedding, entire wedding. Now, pause. Let me pause real here. Now, the, the girl's real biological father has not been in her life her entire life, okay? So he has physically been on-site daddy since day one, okay? Now she's grown. He pays for the full wedding, full throttle, top to bottom, even down to the menu on the um, wedding 
that he couldn't even eat because it was all seafood and he doesn't eat shellfish. At the rehearsal dinner, he um, is there with her and the family. And, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this biological father that he has never seen or heard of his entire life being in his child's life is there. And the daughter decides to make an announcement at the rehearsal dinner that her biological father is going to walk her down the aisle. Now, pause, because I know all y'all like, what? So the father is in awe because he's like, what the hell? This man just shows up, and I don't even get a common courtesy of being told this was going to happen. I have to hear this at the actual rehearsal dinner. So he goes to the wife, says something to the wife. The wife basically says, well, that's her father. She grown. She could do what he, she want to do. But she said it with such attitude as to say, nigga, either deal with it or don't. Let me tell you. So what he decided to do, he was like, okay, I definitely understand. I respect her wishes. I respect the wishes of, you know, her to be a future wife. Uh, but respect my wishes as well. And he canceled the whole entire wedding. <laughs> he canceled everything down to the last fork. Now, my question to you guys out there is, do you think that is right? Should he had gotten his feelings and canceled it? Or should he just have respected this girl's wishes to want her biological father that has not been in her life to walk her down the aisle? So, let me give you my thoughts. These are my thoughts, okay? This may not be nobody else's thoughts. This is what I got from that whole scenario. Clearly, the biological father has not been MIA the entire time. He has been there. But, you know, he just wasn't in a position to do absolutely anything. And he has been playing some part of the role, but the mother and the daughter haven't told the stepfather. And basically, how I feel about it, had that been my situation, first of all, I would have had a conversation with my daughter like, first of all, you just can't do that. You can't just announce something like that without talking to him. This man has raised you. He paid for your college education. He bought you your first car. And even though those were his choices to do and he wasn't forced to do it, he chose to do it out of love, still respect that man. He took you on and loved you as if you was his and didn't question or do anything, never told you no. So understand he has feelings. So for you to just basically tell him, oh, my father, my real father's going to walk me down the aisle, it's like a slap in the face. That's like I don't have no regards to your feelings for anything you do. Oh, well, get over it. You just was a nigga married to my mother. That's how I looked at it. And the way that the mother responded was basically, nigga, get over it. Like, either fall in line or, you know, it is what it is now. So, I want to know your opinion, how you feel about that. Because I'm really funny about a lot of things. So, lately I've been seeing a lot of men deal with a lot of kickback. Now, let me say this before I offend absolutely anybody because I'm not here to do that. Remember, I drink my water and mind my motherfucking business. But I'm getting ready to talk about a touchy situation. I'm not mentioning no names. If I speak on it and you know me, don't assume it's about you. 
I do have a lot of male friends that are going through very sticky situations and they come to me and have conversations. So they told me I'm allowed to speak story time because I knew I was going to do this show this week. So I went to a couple of my friends that are dealing with some issues with child support. And I wanted to get some opinions of how they felt they were being treated. Now, this is not to offend any women. This is not to offend any men. These are conversations and stories that I'm being told. I'm not speaking from personal experience. I don't have child support issues. I don't have any kids that I have put on child support with their father. My first father, I mean, my first kid's father, he is deceased. He passed away. Um, And my last daughter's father, yeah, he's here. He's very vocal, very active in my daughter's life, and she's actually in California with him for a summer. But I've never had to take my children's father to child support for no reasons whatsoever. I don't believe in putting the people in my business because once you get them in your business, you never get them out. And in the, in the beginning, most of the reasoning why it's done is so many different obstacles. So let me say this. I'm not defending women. I'm not defending men. I'm staying neutral in this situation because, again, I cannot speak from a common ground because I've never done that. I just didn't feel a need to want to ever do it. But I have a brother, uh, brothers that are going through it. I have male friends that are going through it, people that are close to me that are going through it. And the stories that I hear is just like, oh, God, Jesus, give the kids back to the, he- the Heavenly Father because <laughs> it's not even worth it, the stress they go through. Now, from the men that I know are good men. They not absent. They may they may not absent be. They may they excuse me. I'm trying to get my words together. They may be absentee parents, but not because they want to. It's because it was just not a conducive environment, and they had to end certain situations to move on with their lives. Now a lot of stories is sticky. A lot of stories is 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 really over the top. But overall, they provide and take care of their children. Now. This is my question. A lot of I'm learning this. A lot of men feel like if they pay child support that depending on the circumstances around child support, that some of them walk away very bitter because, again, the the circumstances around it is really, really. (sighs) Let me tell you, I don't really want to talk about this, but it is they would tell I was told that I should because they it wants to be brought to the forefront. Now, I don't really know, I don't hang around females. I'm an introvert. I'm, I literally have two best friends, and that's it. I don't, I'm not that type of chick that got a bunch of, like, I don't do chicks like that. Females are messy. Y'all be with it. Shits be fucking people. Me and I have to kill you. So, and, and uh, I apologize for saying those three words, but the three letters, four letters, but yeah, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not with the shit. So to avoid it, I just stay away from the nonsense. But I don't know women. I wouldn't even associate myself with women that would drag a man through that. Like I, I just, I'd have to be that friend in your life to be like, yo, you're dead ass wrong. Like if you doing it for emotional purposes, you doing it because somebody might not want to be with you no more. You doing it because he may have moved on. If you doing it just because you feel you can, yeah, that's wrong. Cause it's not about the kids. It's about how you feel. But I know men that are good fathers or good men. And that are being dragged. And I feel so bad because it's, it's nothing that I can personally say. You know what I'm saying? But I try to ask them, like, well, what do you do in these type of situations? There's nothing they can do. 
the laws are to protect women and children. So whatever a woman says to a certain degree, most judges will honor that. The system is to bring men down. It's not to encourage family. It's not to encourage togetherness, oneness. It's, it's encouraged to tear families apart. The stories that I've heard that child support have left men homeless because they didn't even have enough money to pay their rent. And the mothers don't care. The kids sitting back laughing like it's a joke. But what these parents feel to realize, if that man goes in, in, and harms himself and he's no longer on this earth, now you get nothing. No money. That father's gone. These children are fatherless. And all because of what? I just don't understand the, the, the reasoning for if a man is not taking care of his kids, yes, I definitely suggest if you cannot work out any other arrangements for this man to provide for his children or child, they, unfortunately, yeah, you're going to have to go to child support. Period. Like, I make it very personally clear. Like, me and my daughter's father, we have co-parented for the last about to be 10 years. Um, and we've done every other week for the last 10 years. He decided to pack up and move to California. I didn't agree. I didn't like it because I felt like don't leave because your child is not old enough. Like wait till she's 15, 16, and then go live your life. But at the end of the day, he's a grown man. He could do what he want to do. I'm not his woman. Shit, I can't tell him how to live his life. I might not agree with it, but it is what it is. But this is my understanding. And this is how I feel on that situation. Since we've been doing every other week for since ground zero, and you've been getting to her two weeks out of a month, and I've been getting her two weeks out of a month, and now all of a sudden all of it stops, and now I am a full-time parent 24-7, 365 days a year. Now you got to provide financially for this child. Now, the amount that I asked for was only like 300 to 350 which is really nothing nowadays for one child. That doesn't really That really covers aftercare, and it's really covering his two weeks that he would normally um, – not the normally he would have her, it would be those weeks. So her aftercare is $65, right? So it would basically be okay, that's one one thirty for two weeks, right? And then lunch, of course. Um, I make my daughter lunch every single day. Um, and maybe one activity. That's it. It ain't gonna co cover nothing else. I have to cover everything after the fact. My daughter is like a little princess. She gets everything she wants. Before she went to California, I had to buy her round-trip ticket. I had to get her hair redone. I had to buy her new luggage. I had to buy all brand-new clothes, sneakers, shoes, panties, bras, the whole nine. I spent $500 to send her off. My exact words to the father of my child, don't call me and ask me for a dollar. And I mean that. Because not only... It's her birthday in three weeks, and she has a long Amazon list that I have to provide everything because this is the first year she's been away from me, the first birthday she's been away from me. So I'm giving her everything on her Amazon list, which is about 250 and then I'm redoing her whole bedroom for her birthday. So brand-new furniture, dresses, nightstands, bed, repainting the room, the whole nine yards. So don't ask me for nothing because it's already cost me. Then I got to buy school clothes, Start all over, get ahead. They're like, it's a process. So I agreed, and I we had a discussion, and it was agreed, 3 3 to 50 
every month. I said, now you could pay me the first of the month. You could pay me weekly. You could pay me biweekly as long as I get it. Because this money is not going into my pocket, not one bit. This goes directly to her. I pay for her insurance, her medical, her dental, her vision, her everything. Now, it doesn't take away from him being a better parent or me being a better parent. It's just that at the end of the day, $350 is, is honestly not enough. But I'm going to make it be enough because I'm a fair parent. And I'm not here to just allow you to be broke. And I'm not trying to tear you down. Like, that's not my job because then my daughter will eventually grow up and hate me. So I would never do anything to hurt my daughter. Second thing, parents, stop doing this. Stop talking to your children about their parent, about the absent parent. Stop doing that. Why y'all think that that's okay? That is like such a toxic trait. I might can't stand my daughter's father at I trust and the hell believe me. But I never, I never argue around her in front of him. I never argue with him in front of her. I never talk bad about him to her. And I don't allow anybody else to do it. Now, if I feel like he ain't shit, I'm going to let her grow up and figure that out on her own. Because in her world, her daddy's her world. He's everything to her. So I'm not going to demolish those, those images and thoughts that she has about him. That's not my job. My job is to be a loving and supportive parent. And if he is that type of dude, then she'll figure that out as she get older. She'll be able to see it on her own. So y'all have to stop doing that. I read this post. Let me read this post to y'all because when I tell you, baby, I read this and it, it touched my soul. It touched my soul. Hold on. Let me get to it. 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 I had to put it up on my phone. But let me tell you, I read this and I was like, oh, here we go right here. It says, eventually, and I quote, eventually, kids get old enough to see which parent was the problem. And, <laughs> baby, that's what y'all don't understand. You toxic parents that constantly drag your children through the mess of you and the absentee parent, those kids are going to get old enough. And where they are no longer under your personal grab care and they are out in the real world dealing with real life, and start to think about and unravel all the stories you told and unravel all the conversations had. Trust and believe that old toxic trait that you did is going to do reverse psychology. And before you know it, your kids are going to hate you. That's why it's never good to involve children in adults' conversation. I don't give a damn how hurt you are. Trust me. I've always been team kids. All I don't care anybody that I've ever dated and they had children. I'm always protective of kids. I dated someone prior to my husband and he had a daughter and I always asked about her all the time. And when she would come over the weekends, I'd stay away because I never wanted her to feel like I was taking the time that she had with her father from her. So I would go away and let her spend the time with her father to any means necessary. But I always had to constantly try to, you know, remind them what, you know, are you spending time with your daughter? Are you taking your daughter? I'm very big on spending time with kids because they are impressionable. They will, they, 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 they remember everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if you start off great and things go left, sometimes you got to go back and remember. 
And even though in the midst of everything being cloudy in between, still got to go back and remember. Think about how you got here. If it's a bad situation, think about how you got here. What could have been done different on your part, on their part? I'm talking to the kids and the parents. We got to stop involving. This is why these kids so out of control. This is why this generation is so baby. I thank God I raised my daughter the way I raised her. She'll tell you, I never was that parent with her. I never talked bad about anything or every. I always try to keep everything, even to this day. I always try to keep things positive. I want my daughter to be successful. I'm so proud of her because she's doing absolutely wonderful. She's on her own. She's paying freaking $1,800 a month rent by herself. Like she's doing it. And she's enjoying it. I just booked her her first vacation to Miami by herself with her and her homegirl. She's never, you know, been on a vacation like that. Because unfortunately, the way the world is now since COVID, these kids got to work hard. And I don't believe you, you're not going to live in my house after 17. You're just not. My daughter, I was on my own at 17. And even though back then it was a lot different, ain't, no, ain't that much different. It's just a time of changes. So when she got 19, I was like, that's it. Enough is enough. You got to get out. <laughs> I love you, but you can't live here no more. Like you have to learn how to be independent. Because if I die tomorrow, who's going to help you? You always have to, to think and live as if, my mommy's not here. My daddy already gone. He's been gone. So if my mommy go, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? So always install in my kids' heads that all y'all are all y'all got. If something ever happens to me, y'all have to protect each other. Y'all have to love each other. You have to be non-judgmental to each other. And you always have to put God first. So I went and got my daughter apartment <laughs> in 2020. And I put her out. Well, not really put her out, but I got her her first place, uh, bought all the furniture, paid the first few months bills to help her, you know, understand and attain how this is. She's been on her own ever since, 13. 13, not 13. Uh, three years is what I meant. And she's doing absolutely great. She's like, I'm good living by myself. I can handle my own bills financially. Um, she wants a house now next year. So when her lease is up, we're going to start looking for her. We're going to start looking before then. But yeah. And now my son's 18, but he's going off to college. So it'll be a minute before he comes and settles into rea reality world. But my goal is my house that I currently have now is to leave to my children. And when my husband moves to Georgia next year, uh, we like I told you on the last episode show, I've been looking at houses. Like when I, he said he had a surprise for me, I was like, ooh, I know he couldn't have bought a house because I do that. <laughs> but I we've been looking at houses. You know what I'm saying? So... The plan is when he moved here, it's for us to move into our house, something that we've obtained together, something that we've put our money together and we have bought up together. And that the goal is not to move into my house. The goal is to move into our house. Um, so, yeah, stop dragging these kids in the middle of y'all BS. We got to do better as parents. I ain't the perfect parent. I stopped, I stopped being a nurturing parent when my first husband died. I, that shit went out the window. I was a full throttle nurturer, loving, caring. I had, I was the parent that had all the kids over every weekend, spending the night, hanging out. We partying, we having a good time. So he died. When he died, everything in my heart went out the window. Now I have to now become the, the protector and the provider. 
So my mom came and she stayed for a little while and wound up staying permanently because I didn't have, I, I just couldn't nurture no more. I was just, I don't know if I was broken. I was just angry. I was hurt. So I just had to go out and hustle and provide and take care. That's all I had known how to do for years until my mother one day told me, you don't have a nurturing bone in your body. I was broke. I cried so hard because I thought that was the worst thing. And what she says, nothing wrong with that. You weren't always like that. You got forced into that feeling. So my kids will tell you, when it comes to providing for them, mommy going to go and get it no matter who it is. We going to make sure you got it. It does not matter. I will sacrifice my own happiness, my everything to make sure my kids are okay. Okay. So at the same time, you got to let your kids grow up. Don't be that person or that parent that throws so much toxic conversations in your kid's ear that they wind up hating a parent. Now, if that parent was a bad parent, God bless his soul. God bless her soul. So be it. But if they weren't, and it's just a bad situation around it, then say that part. But I'm watching male friends go through, go through it. Go, I, I mean, there's nothing I can really say. All I can do is just be like, God bless y'all. I pray things work out for you. Because no child deserves to be in pain. No parent deserves to be in pain. Um... I, cho- I choose not to get involved. I used to be involved. Not, not, I'm, I'm completely t- nothing. I, I, look, I won't say I don't care, but I don't care. No, nah, I don't. I don't want to get involved. I don't do messy, and I don't get emotional over messy. So to avoid it, I, what I tell y'all, I drink my water and mind my business. <laughs> That's it. That is it. I love my husband and everything that comes with him, but when it comes to the messy shit, nah, I can't. I just, I didn't sign up for that. And he shouldn't sign up for it with me. My shit is my shit. I don't involve him with none of my shit. If I got issues with my, the father of my children, that's my shit. And I handle my shit. He ain't got to ever defend, step in, do nothing. Because I'm going to handle my shit. It's not his place. It's not his priority. I'm his priority. But my relationship with the father of my child is something that I handle. Now, unless the father of my child decide to get froggy and leap his ass over here and try to think he's going to pump his chest up and act stupid, yeah, then my husband with the Mickey Mouse hands comes through and it's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> but I will, I probably would never have that scenario. I wouldn't allow that because of my daughter. She understands the difference between her stepfather and her father. Uh, she loves her stepfather and she loves her father. But my daughter is very aware of who is who. She's very aware. She talks to her. She talks to my husband. She calls my husband Papo. Okay. So she'll call him and say, Papo, guess what my daddy did? She'll have full throttle conversations with him about her father. And he will always tell her, you know, your daddy's your daddy. And whatever he says is always going to come first. I'm Papo and I'm always going to be here and always going to love you. But daddy's word comes first. He never oversteps his boundary. He never tries to get involved. And that's the best thing. See, I, I made that mistake because <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm a kid's person. Like, I always want to see kids at a, their best. I lo- uh, Yeah, drink my water, mind my business. And I, I, that's why I don't speak nothing of it. I don't talk nothing of it. I don't acknowledge anything. I don't make accusations. I don't know subliminals. No, nothing. At, never again. 
And it's been so much peaceful since then. But to my male friends, shouts out to my brother, because he was like, please talk about my situation, because I need everybody to understand what I'm going through. So my brother is going through a scenario where he was with the mother of his child for years. I think about maybe 10 years, maybe, maybe 12. Um, and then one day he called me and we were having a conversation. I always ask how about the mother and how's the kids and blah, blah, blah. He told me he wasn't happy anymore. I said, well, when you say not happy, what do you mean like happy? He said, not happy like I don't want to be here no more. I'm like, huh? What you mean you don't want to be here no more? He was like, I'm here because of my kid. I'm here because of my child. I don't want my child to grow up without a father. I don't want my child to be in the system. I just don't. And I said, okay, I can respect and I can understand that. I said, but let me explain something to you as a parent. The more you stay in an uncomfortable, toxic environment, you're not helping that child. You're just showing that child that this is what a toxic relationship is. You're showing that child that, yeah, this is what we do. And you know what that child normally does? Repeat what it sees. Look for a man that does what my father did. Looks for, you know, um, does as mommy did. And I said, I'm not telling you to leave or stay. I'm just telling you, if you love your kids, you do what's best for you. Because if your mind is not sane and healthy, then them kids ain't going to be healthy. It'd be relentless. So probably I think about six months later, he left. And when he left, when I tell you, all hell broke loose. This girl went from zero to a thousand. And when I try to get in the middle of it, which I, sh again, should have been drinking my water, minding my goddamn business then, but I wasn't. Um, she was just more or less like, oh, he this, he that. I said, well, wait a minute. I tried to get them both in the room, have a calm. Now, this was years ago, conversation to try to discuss, like, what happened. He And he made it perfectly clear. I have told you several times I'm not happy. When a person tells you they're not happy – what do you think is going to happen? This is what he's saying to her. She's like, well, like, I'm not understanding. He said, I told you several times I'm not happy. And not only did I tell you I'm not happy, I explained to you very specifically why I wasn't happy. And either you would tell me, I'm going I'm to work on me, I'm going to fix it. Or you just very nonchalant about it. So did you think that I was going to continue to tolerate it? I left. So now that I'm gone, you want to act foolish, talk about me, drag me in the street because I told you I wasn't happy. Then you don't want to own up to the shit that you do. You don't want to, you want to make me look like I'm the victim when you fucked up long before whole. But when I bring that up to you, it's like you got amnesia, you don't remember it. So, Move on. Fast forward. They go through did, 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 did for a few years and all of a sudden. So, you know, of course, she filed child support. He's been paying child support. He moves on with his life, finds a woman, falls in love, and he wants to marry her. So now she, the baby mother, starts acting crazy. They've been at war for a couple of years, but it wasn't to the degree when they got, was when he wanted to get married. Now, he didn't tell her. He didn't tell his child it kind of was just on social media. 
like he they made a post about something i forgot what it was but anyway so the baby mother got mad baby mother started threatening the girlfriend started you know trying to get her through the ringer make the child hate the baby mother that hate make the to make the child hate the the fiance like it was a drawn blow drawn out thing to the point that the girl did so much damage to the fiance and i would try to tell her like look if you love your man stick by your man don't let the bitterness and the bullshit that you hear like relevating your brain in your brain don't sit on it don't think about it don't overthink it you either love him and you're gonna hold on or if it's too much for you to unpack we would respect and then you have to just leave well she just couldn't take it no more it just started getting that bad the girl was threatening her you know just doing too much and she left and my brother was devastated like a hurt pain like you know when you love somebody not in love with them but like a sibling or someone you really really care about and you see them in pain it shit it this shit hurts it hurts you to see the people you love hurt hurt like that so she over there laughing like yeah what you thought you was gonna break my heart and go off and live a happy life nigga now you know how that shit feel why she say that <laughs> why she say that it went from zero to a thousand and it's just been a toxic situation ever since. So now his child doesn't have a relationship with him because the mother's so toxic, she done turned the child completely against him. So he has now decided to just finally, I think after a year or so, he just let everything go. I tried to explain to him. I said, look, bro, I don't know what you're going through as far as that. I, I've never been down that road. I don't even know what to expect going down that road, but you got to just move on with your life. I mean, just we're going to pray that my niece eventually snaps out of it and that she'll come back. But she may have to be away from her mother. She may have to be grown, living on her own and have her own mind because right now she don't got her mind of her own. She thinks she do, but she don't. So sometimes you got to let it go and what it loves will come back to you. So he let it go. Then the kids, came, the daughter came for him. Um, then the mother, like It just got more messier. So he got completely off social media. He's not on social media no more. Um, and he has moved. And he doesn't even live in the, the United States anymore. He moved out the country. He's happy as hell. Uh, when I last talked to him, I asked, I said, so have you heard anything? He said, nope. And at this point, I don't even care. I said, really? He said, no, nah, I don't even care no more. He said, I'm not going to say I don't love my daughter. But at this point now, she got to get, she got to grow up and she got to realize what the story was. I'm not going to explain myself no more. I know what I was as a father. I know who I was to her as a father. And when she gets old enough to really look back and think about it and understand it, then and only then can we make amends and rebuild our relationship. But for now, I'm good. I'm like, wow. And it's so funny. And I won't even say it's funny. Let me rephrase that. That, that, that didn't sound right. It's so weird that so many men that I have talked to do not have relationship with their children. And not by choice. The children choose due to the mother being so in their head. Now the kids hate the parent, the father. So I know friends that haven't spoken to their kids in years and don't have no desire. They're like, them kids grown. You want to keep hating me? Go ahead. But I done raised you. I'm good. I done did my due diligence. 
I'm going to live my life. Now, if you want to walk around for the rest of yours, angry and bitter and mad, go right ahead. Now, the reason why I say it's so important to not be toxic and learn to forgive, you don't never have to forget, but move on. Short story about my father. My real father was never in my life. I was raised by my stepfather. So when I was 30, I was told, well, let me go back. I was told around 12 years old that my father died. It didn't bother me because you can't miss nothing you never had, right? I didn't cry and shed a tear. I was like, okay, he's going, he's going. I never knew who he was anyway. But over the years, I always thought about him. I always imagined, you know, make up stories in my brain to fulfill that void of not having him in my life. When I turned 30, got a phone call from my mother saying, I don't know how to tell you this, but your father's alive. I said, who father? She said, your father, your real father. She said his name. I was like, really? And how did you find this out? She said, somebody just called me from from New York. And basically, we were just having a general conversation, and his name came up. And she was like, you couldn't have just saw him. He's been dead for years. She was like, well, that was the best-looking walking dead man i ever seen in my life. So now my mother did research, and uh, somehow, some way, I don't know how I found, he wound up getting winding passing his phone number on and giving it to me so I called him and tried to you know communicate I was excited I got to meet him I had other sisters and brothers and it was it was intriguing and then my husband died at the this is my first husband and I got really emotional um and I didn't call him I think for like a week and then one day he called me he was like no I called I said hey I apologize for not calling my children's father passed away and I'm just helping my kids because my daughter was, she was seven. My son was six months. Um, I said, and I'm just trying to keep my, get my kids to grieve. He said, well, I'm sorry that, you know, he passed away, but your father's still alive. So I got really defensive. I said, how dare you? You ain't been in my life my whole life. And I'm supposed to put you before him, you must be out your damn rabbit ass mind. Is that what I said? And I hung up the phone. I didn't talk to him for six months. Well, we went back and forth, back and forth over the years. He kept trying to, you know, but he just had a real slick mouth. And I said, I had to remind him, I said, I am your daughter. So you think your mouth is slick? Mine's is venom. I will give you a heart attack and make you die at home in your old chair. So please stop playing with me. <laughs> so then eventually... I said, I'm going to try this, this this relationship one more time. Now, this is over since 30. Now, I'm 48 now, right? So I want to say about three years ago was the last time I saw my real father. It was in 2020. And I brought him to meet, which was then my boyfriend, um, now my husband, I, randomly, out of nowhere. I just told him, I want you to meet my father. He said, really? So I took him over there, called my father, went over to his house, introduced him. And everything was cool. I never saw my father again. Nope, never saw him again. Never even tried to. I tried one phone call, I think, after that for Father's Day. After that, that was it for me. I had to accept it for what it was. I forgave him for everything, for just being absent in my life. Um, and I let go. And I did that for not for him, but for me. Because if I didn't forgive him for me, then I'd have no peace. So the moment I let that burden go, like, shit, life has been great. 
I don't wish any ill will on him. I don't have any hatred towards him whatsoever. If he passes on, and my real father is 90. Like, he's still, he's still ticking. Now, I talk to my sister. I do have a sister from him. Um, and we talk often, not too often, but often, often. And she understands, and I explained to her, I said, look, he raised you. So I expect you to be 10 toes down for him. But I don't have that connection with him. And I can't force a connection. So I've accepted it for what it is, and I'm letting go and moving on. Now, when he passes on, call me. I'll be at the funeral. I'll shed a tear, too. But I'm not going to take that to the grave. Like, it just didn't work out. And sometimes it just don't work out. People are like, you don't have no emotions to one of them? No, none. Not at all. You can't, once the connection is broke, let me explain this to you guys very clearly. It does not matter. It could be your children. It could be your mother. It could be your father. The moment someone that you love are, are, are willing to, that have bared you or you bared them or whatever, and they hurt you to a place that you can't come back from, that, that bond can be fully broken and there's never a coming back, ever. I love my mother unconditionally. She is the only parent I have. But if she ever did something to truly hurt me, I'd cut her off. It would break my heart. But once that bond is broken, ain't no coming back from that. So this is why I respect the people that's in my life. And I love on the people that love me. You care for me, I care for you. You respect me, I respect you. Respect goes both ways. Stop thinking that I'm supposed to respect you, but you can't respect me. It don't work like that. I had to teach my daughter that. She thought it was okay to disrespect me and thought I'm supposed to respect her. I put her ass out, and I didn't speak to my daughter for almost eight months. I said, you think you can do this? Let's see. Because I can really do, I'm really going to show you. I can really disconnect from you as my child as much as I love you. I will pray for you every night that God is going to protect your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit. And nothing ever happens to you. But I will disconnect that emotion from you completely. Because if you make me feel that you could disrespect me as your parent, you are absolutely nothing to me. My kids will tell you. I love them more than, more than I would die for my kids. When I pray to God every morning to protect my children, I tell God these exact words. I love my kids and I will die for my kids. And if that means I had to die tomorrow to save my children, so be it. I'm okay with leaving tomorrow for my children. But if you think that I gave birth to you, that you're going to disrespect me and I'm going to tolerate it, good luck with that. We never have to speak again in life. I can disconnect you. You can't disconnect from me because you're the child. But see, as the parent, I can disconnect from you. So what y'all have to understand, that a disconnect can happen. And whether you want to believe it or not, as a child, you will always need your parents. You will always need your parents. We've been there. We have experienced things. We don't just tell you things just to be mumbling that shit off the top of our head. We telling you shit because we don't want you to experience the bullshit we had to go through. We don't want you to fight the battles we had to fight. We trying to make your life easier. But if you think it's okay to disrespect us, yeah, good luck. Me and my daughter now have the best relationship in the world because I had to teach her a lesson of that you will not disrespect me. You will not she couldn't believe it. I would walk right past my daughter, be in the grocery store like I like she was a stranger. And when she finally 
the only thing that brought us back together because she was with her father's family and the brother his brother she was laying, staying with his her, her bro, uncle he started abusing her and i got word of it and i had to go over there and act a fucking idiot but that was but that was the only reason why i let her back in my house and when she came back in my house honey i had took the door off the hinges she ain't had no bedroom door she didn't have no key to my house and she had to be in at a certain time if you're not here when i'm here the doors is locked you ain't coming in because i'm gonna show you you think you can go and live your life like this everywhere and anywhere you go in life you got rules and structure is nothing y'all think y'all could go out there and just talk shit i'm gonna do what the fuck i want to do what you fuck you mean you're not gonna take my everything has rules and structure you can't go to your job talking to your boss reckless you can't go in there and not follow the rules of direction because you know what's gonna happen you're gonna lose your job you can't randomly just talk shit to people. You could defend yourself, but if you want to get buck and act stupid, then that person will get buck and act stupid, and it might not end well for neither one of y'all. Rules and structure, that's how life goes. I might be a CFO of a corporation that I've been with for 10 years and that I can run with my eyes closed, but I still have a boss to answer to. And even though I run everything because he's not there, I still have a boss to answer to. So there's a rules and structure. There's things that I have to do every single day to keep this business going. There's things that I have to keep him abreast of every day, even when I don't want to. But again, rules and structure. And if you think you could go on in this life without rules and structure, trust and believe you're going to be by yourself. You're going to be in jail or even worse. Life waits for no man or no woman. Nobody give a fuck about your heart being broken. Nobody cares that your mother or your father died. I told my daughter that every day. Stop crutching on the fact that your father passed away and you want to mention that. Don't nobody give a fuck that your father died. Okay, we sorry he passed on. Let's grieve for him. Now what? What are we doing now? You got to move on. You can't keep harboring over a, a past emotion. Life is short. And you either going to try to be the best that you can fucking be and leave all the bullshit behind or you just gonna go in life randomly just thinking somebody owes you shit and that's not gonna get you far some people just are nasty bitter evil jealous envious all of that is wrapped up in one circle and then they want to know why their life is just here it's not flourishing they want to know why they still stuck in the same situation, the same scenario, doing the same shit every fucking day. Because the negativity shit that you stem to put out in the world, the universe is handing you that shit right backwards. As soon as you shoot it out, it's bring right back. Karma comes right back to you. The universe wants pleasantry. It doesn't want evilness. As long as you're doing great shit, you're being nice, you're being kind, you're being thoughtful, then the universe will grant you with great things. But if you out here being evil, nasty, disrespectful, just toxic for no reason, just because you think you can do it, you're going to be right in your same shit where you've been, where you are now, and you will continue to be there. And you will never grow from that part. It's like Tiana Taylor, Concrete, Concrete in Harlem. You won't be able to be that flower that grew between them, that, the crack of that concrete. You'll never grow. You'll be right there in that concrete underneath it, though. So it pays to be kind. It pays to be honorable. 
It pays to think for yourself. It pays to hear all sides of the story. Remember, when it has to do with a mother, a father, and children, there's four sides to the story. It's the mother's side, it's the father's side, it's the children's side, and then there's the truth. If you were to sit the mother, the father, the children in a room, and you would sit them in a room of an arena of people they didn't know, strangers, bystanders, to listen to their story, they gave the mother the opportunity to talk, they gave the father the opportunity to talk, and now they let the children talk. And those bystanders had to judge based off the conversations they had who was actually valid and what actually was the truth. Trust me, a lot of y'all be surprised. Sometimes when you hear it, don't always believe what you hear sometimes. There's always some shit behind that conversation. And this is the reason why I drink my water and I mind my business. Because at the end of the day, I got my own shit to worry about. I worry about the people I love and care for. I worry about my mother, my children, my husband, and my people in my life, my circle that I love and care for. If you ain't in the circle, honestly, I hate to say this, I don't care. I don't care what happens to you. I don't care what you got going on in your life. Because if you have not made it in that circle, and I don't mean this to say this like people that are tuned in or strangers, like I'm just an evil person, I wish or ill will. No, 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 no. I just mean that if you're in my circle, if I consider you a friend, that means that I will protect you with everything I got. They come for you, they come for me. But the moment you leave my circle, the moment you show me your true colors and something go left, you're no longer part of me. I had to recently find out that someone that I cared about dearly, that they was never my friend. And when I say they was never not my friend, I mean this. I thought we were friends, but I realized now that I was, they were my friend, but I wasn't their friend, if that makes sense. So in my eyes, I looked at it like, this is my bitch, this is my girl. But in her eyes, she didn't look at me like that. And that shit hurt. Like when I had to finally realize, I called my husband, he was like, babe, it's okay. It's all right. I even called my, my sister cousin and she said, it's okay. Because that shit had me fucked up for a minute. Because when I consider you my friend and I bring you in my life, I love you like a sister. That means I will do anything for you and your children, for your husband. your fa- Like, your family's now my family. We're going to go to the, to the grid for each other. And the moment you make me feel like, damn, yeah, it, it'll never be the same. I had to stop following this person, completely just cut it off. But it hurt. I ain't going to lie. Because I'm a, I'm, I'm a loving person, but I'm a person that's, very mindful of who I choose to love. Like I, I'm, I might, I'm very helpful. I help strangers, com- any, a complete stranger. I will help everything. But my husband hates that because he's like, "Stop doing that for somebody. Wind up hurting you one day." But I, that's just the the person to me. But baby, the moment you cross me, baby, the moment you hurt my feelings and my feelings, if my feelings get hurt, forget it. It's over. Like I would never look at you the same. So let me say this so the whole world knows. If you ever hurt my feelings, like really hurt my feelings, and you'll know the relationship that we may have had will never be the same. Never be the same. I will never care for you in that way. I would never even want you around me. Like you can't even be in my, you can't be around me. I don't want you around my family. I don't want you around anything. 
you come for my husband, it's like you now my enemy too. So I just, look, y'all stay over there, the people that don't fuck with us, and we're going to stay over here. We ain't going to bother you. You don't bother us. But at the end of the day, I want everybody to start taking responsibility for their actions. If you know you fucked up, say I'm sorry. My niece is listening too. And she knows how I feel about this. Like I'm, I don't, I had to cut my ties with her too. She doesn't understand. She's 20 years old and she thinks she know every fucking thing. Like I can't tell her, auntie, you don't know. You don't know. I said, oh, I do know. I know that nigga was there. I know that nigga sacrificed for you. I know that nigga was there for every doctor's appointment, every dentist's appointment, everything. So don't sit up here and tell me what I don't know because I do know. So you want to believe what you want to believe because you're angry. But when you stop being angry and you stop being emotional and you step away from the scenario and you think about everything that has happened in the last few years, you got to be able to say, I'm sorry. Because what you're doing is missing out on years of a relationship with your father that you can never get back. You might could get back money. You could get another car, but you can't get back time. When that time is gone, however long it is, you can never get those moments back. You'll basically be starting fresh and new. And I told her, I said, understand this, I'm your aunt, but that's my brother. I love him. I like you. <laughs> She's like, what? I said, yeah, I like you. You just got here. I've been here with him. We've been together forever. So if I got to choose between you and him, it's going to be him. But remember what I say. You can't get back the time. You can't take, you could take back what you said, but he'll never forget what you said. And from that point on, he may always look at you differently. The love will never be the same. The feelings will never be the same. So be prepared when you're ready to say, I'm sorry, for him to possibly be ready to say, I, I respect the fact that you apologize. I respect the fact that you were woman enough to, to say, I'm sorry. I didn't have my own thoughts and, and I felt like I was forced in this situation and I want to make it right. My, my conversation to her is do not be surprised if he is not ready. So that means that you might be ready to rebuild, but he won't. And he may not have never will. He might be like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it, but I'm not ready. But when I am, I'll let you know. And I'll let you know could be one month, two months a year, two years, 10 years. It may not ever be. And just keep that in mind that we are in this position. Y'all are in this position because of everything over the time span. So remember, you can say things and you can say, I'm sorry, but they'll never forget. And my brother, despite him living his best life and he's happy, it hurts. I know it does. I always bring it up and he hates that I do it like stop like let it go I've let it go I've accepted for what it is 
And I'm like, but that's still your daughter. He's like, oh, that's still my daughter. It's my daughter when she can say the things that she said to me, the disrespect that she, that, that shit hurts. I said, I did not be like, oh shit, you should have never said that. You should have just kept your mouth closed and keep drinking your water money in your business in Brooklyn. But because I'm such a caring person, I'll be like, look, under the circumstance, just understand what she has gone through. He said, you're right. And I'll deal with it when that bridge comes. But until then, the things that she said to me, it's like cutting a knife. Like I almost bled out because of that. I could have died from that pain. I was like, damn. Well, not much more I could say after that. He said, you don't know how it feels till it's your flesh and your flesh and your blood and your blood. I said, no, I get it. When me and mom went through that and I had to put her outside in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning and she was at my door kicking and screaming. I ain't gonna lie, I cried on the other side of that door, but I had to prove a point. I had to make her understand you will not disrespect me. Not the woman that has sacrificed everything for you. Not the woman that had to work late hours at night to provide certain things for you that you needed or even wanted. Not the woman that had to take off the work and miss money to make sure you got to the doctor, make sure you got to the dentist, make sure that you could get to the things that you needed to get. Not the single mother that had to pay for everything on her own for your prom, for your graduation, buy you a new car. Not that. Not this mother. You don't disrespect this mother. So, yeah, I had to show her, show her what this, this mother could do. But she snapped out of it real fast. And now when she sits back and she tells me, she says, yeah, I, don't, I, I couldn't have made it without you. And I'm glad you did what you did because had you not, I'd have been a spoiled rotten brat and I'd probably be pregnant somewhere or fucked up somewhere or in jail somewhere. Structure. If you don't lay down structure and no rules, you'll run rampant. And running rampant is like a rat in the street. <laughs> Period. So I say this, I said all of that to say this to you parents, to you mothers, to you fathers, to you children. Do better. Somehow, someway, you got to fix it. And you got to say, I'm sorry. Somehow, someway, you got to accept it for what it is and move on and heal. Life don't got no excuses for your pain. The world don't give a shit that you heartbroken. The world don't give a shit that, about anything. So if you got the people in your life that really love you and really there for you, hold them there, hold them close. Cause this is a cold, cruel world. You know how many kids I see every day homeless? Because they probably let them say some slick shit to their mom or their dad and they got put out and they've been on the streets every day. I done met little girls having to sell their vagina just to survive to get a meal. And this is why I said I wanted to open up a transitional house for young ladies. Because there's so many young girls out here that don't know how to go back and tell their mother and their father, I'm sorry. Don't even know where their parents are at this point because they've been on the streets that long. Or young boys. Same thing. I just saw a little boy the other day passing through the park a lot of my business. I said, hey, you okay? Because he looked like he was really, really like stressed out. He's like, I'm, I'm just hungry. I said, you hungry? Why are you hungry? Like, when was the last time you ate? He said, a couple of days ago. I said, a couple of days ago? Lord, just, I look, look, I can't even go a couple of hours. I've been mean, fainted. A couple of days ago, I'd have been dead. They'd have found me and just buried me. 
I said, so why you haven't eaten in a couple of days? He says, I don't know. I said, and then when I, he looked at my face, he looked like he wanted to cry. I grabbed his hand. I said, come on, I'm going to feed you. Come on, I got you. I took him across the street because <clears throat> where I, my shop is, is like right across the street is a restaurant. Got him some food. I said, now you want to tell me your story? And he just told me. He'd been on the streets for like the last year and a half. Got a tour with his mother one day. Um, and she put him out. I said, did you try to go back and tell your mother you sorry? He said, I went back. She moved. I said, you don't know where she at? He said, no. I said, you don't remember her number? He was like, no. He know nothing. This boy was only 17 years old. Been on the street a whole year. No school. Barely, you know, feeding himself. You you could tell he was scared to death. So just so happened I know a lady that runs a program um, to help people that's having tough times. Um, so I reached out to her to see if she can give this young boy some assistance and hopefully they'll be able to work out something to help him. But it was just sad. I said, now if you can go back, would you have done what you did? He says, no. Because it's... <laughs> I miss my mother so much, and I wish I could say I'm I'm sorry. I n- I would never do that again. I said, but was it worth it when you said it? He said, no. He said, honestly, I don't even know what it was about. But I just want to give my mother a hug. I just want to say I'm so sorry. I let people get in my head. I just, I said, you was being a child. That's all. But at least you know. I said, but don't worry. We're going to help you find your mother. But it was sad. Like, I, I I always try to help people. You know why? Because I think one day, what if that's one of my children? Not that it would be because I always keep my kids close to heart to dear. I'll sacrifice my own mortgage to pay my kids' bills if that's what I needed to do for whatever emergency circumstance, not just because they need me to. Um, but I will protect mine. I always tell them to keep God first. And I said, y'all always have to look out for each other. Y'all are all y'all got. If I'm no longer breathing, this it. This is it. This is it. So stop being petty. Watch how you talk to people and respect people the way you want them to respect you. Don't expect somebody to respect you just because they're supposed to. Who the hell are you? Y'all ain't God. Respect everybody till they give you a reason to not respect them. And watch your tone and watch your mouth. You are still children and they are adults. I have to tell my daughter that all the time. She's getting her feelings. I'm like, this is when she was young. I said, you still a child. That's a grown woman. Watch how you talk to her. Because when she knock your ass out, I ain't going to do nothing but sit here and look at you like you crazy. Like, you deserve that. So, parents, children, please figure out a way to fix it. This conversation was supposed to start about child support and my men that are struggling and going through hell. Let me say this to y'all, and I've actually gone over time with my show, so I'm going to wrap this up. But keep praying. God got you. He knows your heart. He knows what you've been through. He knows what you're going through. He will fix it. And for the other parents that are doing malicious shit just because you think you can, because you're angry and you hurt, oh, that word karma, she a bitch. Trust and believe she'll be here very shortly. So when you think you out here living your best life and everything is good and you just being an evil ass person, 
Karma's a bitch. Trust and believe. She's a thorough bitch too. I didn't see her. So we all have to do better. Fellas, if you ain't taking care of your kids, you ain't shit. That's all I'm going to say. You ain't shit. You deserve whatever comes your way. Karma's a bitch for you as well. But for my men that are taking care of their children and have been thrown in a system just because, God got you. Don't worry. I'm praying for you every day. I pray for my brother and I pray for my niece every day. And everybody outside of my scenario, which is my immediate family, I pray that you guys work everything out. I don't have any ill will towards anybody. I have no, no negativity towards nobody because life is too short. And I don't got time to be angry and thinking about, oh, X, Y, Z. I, no. I'm only worried about living life, being faithful to God, and doing what I'm here on this earth to do until God say I can't do it no more. Other than that, everything else is obsolete in my brain. So you either like me or you fucking don't. You either fuck with me or you fucking don't. But either way, I'm going to still sleep well at night. So, <laughs> I know I'm going to get a lot of people that don't like me after this show, but it is what it is. If you feel some type of way about this and you think that what I'm saying is an unfactual, God bless you. You're entitled to your opinion, but understand this. I haven't physically walked in them shoes, but I've been around enough people to understand the scenarios. And I speak more scenario from my brother's perspective because I got to, you know, he's not, he don't deal with it no more. Like he just erased it. I just, I, I found it kind of weird, but I do understand breaking that bond. Sometimes you just got to, sometimes the bond just got to be broken for a little while for people to understand respect goes a long way. And if you want respect, you have to give it. Don't think you're too mightier than thou to give respect to anybody. I give respect to everybody that respects me. If you show me disrespect, then you don't get it. But we'd have to unpack the level of disrespect that you think I'm not applying to you. Now, if you being in your feelings and you being sensitive and you just being immature, then that's not disrespect. That's just you and your feelings. So when you want to say, I don't feel like I was being respected, then let's unpack the word disrespect. And then let's get your side, their side, and then get an offset bystander to listen to both sides of the story. Let's hear who really disrespected who first. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I love you, Nisi Poo. I love you, bro, bro. So I know they listening. So. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get a bunch of phone calls, but it's okay. I'm I, I own my own I own my own smoke. Okay, so guys, make sure you tune in. Thank you for tuning in tonight. I know this was a little emotional conversation, but I've been seeing so much of people going through things, and especially my fellas. It just broke my heart. Um, and for the women that are struggling with a, a, a bad child's father, my prayers go out to you. If you've had a man in your life that just don't want to do right by his children, don't want to take care of his kids, never been in his kid's life, then, yeah, you have the right to do what you need to do to stand on your ground. Okay? So I'm not taking away from the mothers that are actually going through something, not being bitter. To my other mothers that uh, have a father that's not taking care of his kids and you doing it on your own. God bless you, sis. You keep doing you because that child going to respect you. And when it's all said and done, that child going to have your back. And to the other parents in between, fix it. Mommy, daddy, kids, y'all need to fix that shit. 
because thank God I never had to go through it. But if I had to, I would have fixed it. And I know that's easy for me to say because I ain't walked through them shoes. But at the same time, I want peace. I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be peaceful. Sometimes things don't work out. But that doesn't mean that we have to force our children to deal with our bullshit. They didn't ask for that. They didn't ask to be brought in this world. We gave them life. So remember this, parents. She chose you and you chose her. So these kids are only responding the way they know how to respond. But remember, he chose you and you chose him. And what you see in front of you is a product of the shit that y'all chose to do. All right. Amen. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you tune in to me and DJ Hercules every Thursday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Again, we on 17 different platforms. Top five is Our Heart, Odyssey, Spotify, TuneIn, and Pandora. Go to any one of those apps. Download it. Go to your search option. Type in Talk Yo-ish Podcast, which is four words. Look for the cartoon character of myself, Brooklyn Spiners, with my gold grills. Because, you know, I like to get gully, as I just did. And tune in to today's shows or any previous shows. Again, if you guys have a topic of conversation, if you have a comment on today's show, or if you have story time, make sure you send me an email or us an email at talkishradio at gmail.com. And that is T-A-L-K-I-S-H-H-H gmail.com. And put in a comment, story time, comment, topic, conversation. Um, and then I'll, I'll definitely read them. We'll read them. And then if it's something that we can talk about, then we'll talk about it. Um, please be respectful and be mindful of what you say and how you say it. Okay. Um, if you send me some hateful email, it's going to get deleted. The moment I read two lines, I'm going to delete it and then I'll block you. So don't do that. If you want your opinion to be respected, then respect my opinion, my platform, my station, my voice. You don't have to listen. Like I don't drop names. I don't do that. I said my brother and my niece, because I was allowed to talk about that conversation. They gave me permission to talk about their conversation. Everybody else in my life, as far as men, I speak of not my personal experiences, not my personal surroundings. I chose to drink my water and mind my damn business. I learned my goddamn lessons. I won't do that dumb shit no more. Goddamn shit. I'd have been dealing with. <laughs> but on that note, guys, DJ Hercules will be back in the studio back in July, full throttle. I told you guys he's touring. He's doing some things. He got a lot of stuff going on. He got a movie that's getting ready to come out, premiere. Um, I had a cameo in it. Just a little five-minute cameo. But, hey. That's a start. <laughs> but uh, so he has a lot going on, but he will definitely be back throttle with us in July. So shouts out to DJ Hercules. Follow us again on the gram at Talk Ish Radio, at Talk Yo Ish Podcast. Me, your girl, Brooklyn's Finest 347. And my guy, DJ Hercules underscore 787. Make sure you tune in to us. You uh, stay abreast of everything. Stay prayed up. Uh, drink your water. Keep minding your damn business. Um and yeah, that's about it. I really can't say too much more because I'm out of time. But at the end of the day, I love you all. I'm praying for everybody. I pray for your healing, your pain, your suffering, whatever you're going through. I'm praying for your finances, your mental break. And just keep praying. Keep your most high, deep in your mind, in your subconscious. When things seem to get bad, pray. When you don't have clarity or understanding, pray. When you're worried about something, pray. 
when you're scared, pray. When you need some help, pray. And most of all, when you no longer feel like you love yourself, when you want to hurt yourself, when you want to hurt somebody, pray. The Most High will always protect your mind, your body, your soul, and your spirit. But you got to put him first. You got to pray. And leave all the rest of the bullshit behind. Trust me, been there, done that. I know how you feel. And I had to turn my life over and give it to God. And be full throttle with him and give him my pain, my worries, my sufferings. And I had to stop trying to fix shit on my own because I can't. I can't fix nothing without God. So I pray that you guys do the same. I love you. Thank you for tuning in this week. And we will see you next week. I'm out.